Welcome to Muskegon Rising, a community service project of the Muskegon Rotary Club. Our purpose is to create lasting positive change. We've been doing that here since 1916. So, let's get started. Well, good afternoon. I'm Aaron Mikey, and I'm your host today for our program. We're talking with Bill Bailey from the Muskegon Luge Adventure Sports Park, formerly the Muskegon Winter Sports Complex. Muskegon County is blessed with beautiful beaches and a multitude of parks and outdoor recreation opportunities. However, Muskegon County has something very unique that is not available anywhere else in Michigan. Yes, we have a luge, an icy curvy track very similar to what you see in the Winter Olympics. And it's right here in Muskegon. The Muskegon Luge helps make winter fun for thousands of Muskegon residents and those who travel to get outdoors and enjoy Michigan's winter. Bill, thank you for being here today to discuss the Muskegon Luge. Let's start off with the activities that are available at the Winter Sports Park. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, in the winter time, we kind of break everything up into two seasons at the sports park, right? And in the winter time, uh, we've got luge, as you mentioned, and then in addition to that, we've got ice skating, about two-acre outdoor ice skating rink, cross-country skiing, and snowshoeing. That's just the winter time, though. <laughs> so, as you mentioned, we changed our name recently, and there's a reason behind that. The reason is we've been expanding into things more than just winter, and this has been happening over several years, but in addition to the winter activities, we've got a 1,400-foot dual zip line. It's actually one of the longest zip lines in Michigan, and then we also have our wheeled luge track, so you can luge year-round. doesn't matter if we have ice or not, and we also have an archery program. We have a fun game on the trails, kind of like a scavenger hunt called Trail Quest. And just uh, this past year, we introduced a brand new, almost a 40-foot tall, three-sided rock climbing wall. So we've got a lot of stuff going on year-round now. So when our, when our listeners arrive to the park, what can they expect? What, sh what should they do first? Obviously, in the winter, there's parking and penguin walking up to the, up to the house, but what what do you think they should do first in the winter? What do you think they should look at in the summer? And uh, how, do, how do they start? Yeah, good question. So in the wintertime, number one thing to remember is everything that we do depends on the weather. We don't have artificial snow. We don't have refrigeration. So that means we completely rely on Mother Nature for all of our activities. So one thing that we absolutely hate is when people show up and it's a little bit warm, we're not able to open yet. We hate to see people make that trip needlessly. So we always tell people, make sure you visit our website, msports.org. Right on there, we have a conditions page. And it's really cool because we have a live cam. You can see if we have ice on our rink or not. If you, don't, if you see green, it's not ice. We don't have green ice, so don't show up to ice skate. But we also give a detailed report on there exactly what you can expect. And we, we try to keep people updated as best we can on what's happening with the weather. Now, in the, in the summertime, it's different. We don't have to rely on the weather as much as we do in the wintertime. So, but again, that website, msports.org, is the resource you go to to start planning your whole, your whole weekend, your day visit, whatever it is, because we've got a lot of resources on there. That's a good place to start. But, you know, in lieu of, you know, there's folks that don't want to always use the Internet. Give us a call. We're super friendly people. So just call anytime, too. <laughs> That's great, great advice. It's awful tough to ice skate or cross-country ski or snowshoe 
without some snow or ice. Yeah, it's tough needed. on the skates. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How far do people come to to participate in your activities? Yeah, uh, good question. We have a lot of a lot of folks who are our our neighbors here, right? Local Muskegon residents and these people are using our facility like it's their gym, basically. And they show up daily to get exercise or go hang out with their family and make, you know, make some memories with their family in the wintertime around the holidays and everything. But then because we also are really a unique attraction, you're not going to find it many other places. We have people traveling from all over the Midwest. Uh, we get a lot of users that are coming from Chicago area and folks who are coming from across the state or or just Grand Rapids making a, a little trip out of it, you know? It's amazing. What a family experience. And uh, I've, I've been out cross-country skiing. You're open till 10 o'clock at night with, with lit trails. Yeah. Uh, it's what an experience. I've been out there in some really amazing snowstorms. Hear the waves pounding and the wind blowing through the trees. It's just a serene experience. And to be able to do that with your family really makes some memories. Uh, so specifically to the luge, I didn't know one you could do it in the summer. But how do you how do you luge? How do you how do I come out and do the luge? I've not done that. Uh, that's a good question. So our luge track, there's really no other luge track exactly like ours in the country. Here, uh, there's four luge tracks total in the country. Uh, two of them are tracks that Olympians train and have competed on. Uh, so those are in Salt Lake City or Park City, Utah and Lake Placid, New York, where we've had the Winter Olympics. The other one is actually also in Michigan. So Michigan has two luge tracks, which is really cool. Uh, it's up north in the UP, uh, near Marquette, a little town called Nagani. But we have two different style luge tracks. So in the sport of luge, there's Kunstbahn and Naturbahn. Uh, those are German words. I probably made them not sound German. But uh, so the difference is the Naturbahn, that means natural track in German, versus Kunstbahn, which is artificial track. We have a Kunstbahn track. Up north, they have the Naturbahn track. Now, when I say artificial track, it doesn't mean that we have artificial refrigeration. We don't. We use natural snow. But it means that it's built with wood walls. It's an artificial track versus the natural slope of a hill which is what they have called Lucy Hill up in Nagani, and that's where they luge. So anyhow, now you know the difference between luge tracks, but <laughs> the, the cool thing about ours is ours is smaller than what you're going to see in the Olympics, and it's really designed for first-timers. So almost everybody, almost probably 99.5% of the people that use our track are doing it for the first time. And we take them through training. We show them exactly how to position their bodies, how to, how to steer the sled. And then they go out there and they, they practice and they give it a try. And then we end, we have two and a half hour sessions and they all end with a, a fun race, nice competition. So it's really designed for first timers. Thank you for correcting me. I thought we were the only luge in Michigan. And I hope my football coach from high school is not listening because I went to school uh, for my undergraduate degree in Marquette. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he's from Nagani. Oh. So I, I'm in big trouble yeah. for not recognizing <laughs> Nagani for having that other luge if my high school football coach is listening to this. So sorry, coach. Uh, so how fast can you go? On our track? On your track, yeah. Uh, it all depends on the natural ice, what's happening. You know, it can change by the hour out there. But on a really good ice day, uh, when the ice is nice and cold and hard, you can travel up to 30 miles per hour at its peak. That's pretty fast. Yeah. 
That's really fast. And uh, we've got a great healthcare facility here in town, Trinity. Uh, anybody ever get injured out there? Here's the thing. Of course, people have gotten injured. It's a sport. In fact, people have been injured in absolutely everything we offer at the <laughs> sports complex. We, you know, we changed our name to Muskegon Luge Adventure Sports Park. And that adventure part means a lot because it means you're assuming risk. And that's what people seek out. Everybody wants a little bit of risk in their life, right? Some people want more and those people will do luge. But I should say, though, you know, everything we do, you're, it's risk, but, you know, it's mitigated risk. And we take all the precautions, helmets, elbow pads, training that are going to help you reduce that chance of being injured. Yeah, I'm a risk taker. So that's why I was asking about the speed in the hospital. I, I love it. Um, I need to get out and do this, but I want to pick one of those ice cold days so that I can oh, yeah. rock it down the luge. It yeah. sounds like an amazing <laughs> opportunity. So we talked a little bit about cross-country skiing. How long are the trails and how often are they lit? Yeah, we got about four miles of trails with s several different systems. Our advanced trail is really uh, our advanced trail and our classic trail. There's smaller trails. Those are the only ones that are not lighted, but uh, the majority of the four miles is lighted at night. We actually have been turning the lights on, even though we're not in ski season. We've been this fall, starting back in October. We turn the lights on and they're on from dusk until 10 o'clock at night because it's tough in Michigan when it's dark when you get out of work. And then people who want to be outside, you, know, you, you want places to walk and hike and, and just get some fresh air. So we've been turning the lights on so people can come out. And this has become hugely popular. We have a lot of folks just coming out to get their exercise, get some fresh air. And then once we get some snow on the trails, we're going to actually stop. We're going to stop that, ask people to stop walking on the trails because we have to preserve that snow. And we'll start grooming the snow for cross-country skiing as soon as we have about four inches of it. And, and we'll operate that all through the winter. People can come out every single day of the winter from 10 in the morning till 10 at night and get their ski on. So talk to me about the grooming. You offer two different styles of grooming on your trail. Yeah. You know, I'm biased here, but I believe we have the best groomed trails you're going to find anywhere in the southern part of lower Michigan. Of course, when you get up north to uh, where all the ski areas are, they've got some beautiful places there. But we put a lot of time into our grooming and skiers are very particular about this. We groom everything for both skate skiing where we have the corduroy laid out in a wide path, very wide trails. And then we also uh, groom for classic skiing, where we uh, groom tracks and parallel tracks for those who wish to do classic skiing. And we have a lot of both types of skiers. And our trails, on top of being lighted, groomed daily, actually more than daily, you know, sometimes hourly, you know, we've got some diversity in our trails where sometimes you've got a lot of flat options where people who are novice and, and just want to take it easy can relax and learn how to ski on flat areas, then we've got some really challenging hills for the people who, you know, really want to get their heart rate up and get aggressive out there. Yeah. Um, first of all, I apologize for, for those who are picky about their grooming when I'm out there because myself and my kids tend to race <laughs> and fall over and we mess up that beautiful grooming that you talked about. But the other thing I, I love is that you've opened those trails up right now for walking and running at night. 
Uh, I'm on Strava. I run a bit. And I see so many of my buddies out there running and recording. The, the trail diversity out there is amazing. The hills, valleys, just a beautiful area of our county to get out and explore, whether it's hiking or, or running at this time of the year while you can get out and there's not snow uh, on those trails. So great, great idea, whoever did that. And uh, I look forward to more and more. I think, did you do biking as well? We did. We normally, uh, so we are leaseholders in the state park. Uh, we do not own the land and we have to abide by the DNR's rules. The DNR does not allow biking on the trails that we operate on, but they do give us special permission once a year. It's usually around the global fat bike day, the first week in December, and we, we get a chance to open it up for biking. But the reason we don't always have biking going on is there's not a very good trail management plan. Biking can be very destructive, and we have a critical dune system, and you know, this amazing resource, like you said. And the last thing we want to do is be poor stewards of that and start ruining the 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 trails and the dunes there. So we abide by those DNR rules to make sure we're keeping everything in great condition. Absolutely, it's it's critical to maintain that. And uh, as a mountain biker and knowing the mountain biking culture, they wouldn't want to ride on there any more than they're allowed to because it's it's really about the ecology out there and making sure that. We maintain it. It's too beautiful to ruin. Yeah, so absolutely. One day a year is perfect. It gets you that experience. So talk to, talk to me a little bit more about the summer. You do some youth camps out in the summer? Yeah, we have a variety of programs. So in the, in, on the weekends, we're open to the general public. So your travelers, campers, come on out, have a good time with your family. And then on the weekdays, it's really more about a private, individualized experience. So we've actually developed a program we call Duniversity. And the whole idea is everything we do has some level of educational value. And sometimes this is at the corporate level where we will bring companies out and they, you know, want a team bonding experience with uh, have a good time, have some fun, but also kind of get to know each other on a different level than you do in the office. But it's not always corporate groups. Sometimes we have uh, youth groups or we have students in summer programs or sports teams. And again, everything we do is fun. And the idea is to get people active, moving. And sometimes we're educating them about the local ecosystem or sometimes we're educating them about how to keep their bodies in good physical shape through outdoor recreation. And sometimes we're educating young kids on how to be nice to one another. Who knows what it is? But everything within this Duniversity program that we operate on the weekdays is really wrapped around impacting our community and educating people in the outdoors. So I had the um, opportunity to come out and chat with you a little bit, and I'll talk about that as we wrap up. But uh, you told me that there are actually youth that come out there from this community that have never seen Lake Michigan, and you take them out to that lake. Talk to us about that. What do they say? Uh, what are their emotions like? Yeah, it's, um, it's true. There is always, almost every year, uh, we have students who come out, particularly in the wintertime, we have some great programs where we are getting different school districts, districts right here at home, Muskegon kids who are coming out and we take them on a snowshoe hike. We bring them out to Lake Michigan, and they look at us, and they don't know what they're looking at, you know? Maybe they visited Lake Michigan in the summertime and know the sandy summer beaches 
and maybe they just haven't seen the winter version of that with the icebergs. <laughs> but there is always a student or two who comes out there, and they've never seen Lake Michigan. They don't know what Lake Michigan is. They think it's the ocean, or they don't know what to call it, right? And uh, we believe it's so important that every student in this community needs to be not just see it and know what it is. They need to experience it. They need, you know, to touch the sand and the snow. They need to have experiences around it. And it's like the most important part of our mission that we're getting these students out there to to see things up close and, and not just see it, but experience it. Yeah. Literally, the hair on the back of my neck stands up about that experience. I can't even imagine. I'm down at Lake Michigan any chance I get. Uh, having moved away from Muskegon for many years, I've grown to appreciate it even more every day. And to think that somebody lives within a few miles of that spectacular lake and, and is not out there, has not seen that, we ne- we got some work to do because it's what an asset to our community. Absolutely. And I'd add, it's not, it's not just the lake itself, but, you know, it's the entire, you know, it's, it's the being in the white pine forest. It's being outdoors and just doing something outdoors. There's kids that have not done that before, and we want to change that. We want to make sure everybody, and we truly mean everybody, regardless of what you look like or what your ability is, we want everybody to have access to these things. Thank you. I almost forgot about accessibility for those with uh, physical or mobile mobile disabilities. Talk to us about how your park is accessible. Yeah, exactly. And again, this is everybody. We've got we've got a, a plan here where we're going to get absolutely everybody out someday, literally everybody. And the ways we're doing this, um, it, particularly for people with disabilities, is through our adaptive sports offerings. We've uh, really committed ourselves, and this is in partnership with the Michigan DNR, to uh, universal accessibility. Universal accessibility is the platinum standard, right? It's uh, beyond just what you know of in the ADA. It's really a, a standard you, you always strive towards, but maybe will never fully reach. So what we're doing with our staff, with our investment in the facility, is trying to continuously get better, educate ourselves on how are we inclusive to all people, but especially people with disabilities. You know, people with disabilities are our largest minority in the United States, probably in the whole world, actually. And we always want to figure out how can we do this. So we've done some things to make it accessible, our park completely accessible. One being all of our activities, we have some type of adaptive equipment. And then we never know who's going to come out and what their disability may be. So we kind of always have to be ready for the unknown. And our commitment is to always have a conversation with people. We will never, ever tell anybody, no, you cannot do this. With one exception, if you don't meet our specific size requirements for things like luge and zipline, we do have to say no then. But that's for young kids. And when they grow up, they'll have a good experience. But we will never tell anybody no based on a disability or anything. We're always going to say, yes, and basically, you know, how do we do this? What do we have to figure out? And 
sometimes we have some sophisticated adaptive equipment. We have access to a track chair that is, I mean, this thing is built and it's got tracks like a, an army tank and it can go through sand and snow and mud and everything. Really expensive, sophisticated equipment like that. But sometimes it's the most rudimentary thing you can imagine to make somebody successful in accessing recreation. Sometimes we're going to the garage and we're pulling out ropes and we're lashing somebody's arms or legs to a sled if they're losing or, you know, we're inventing, you know, new apparatuses on the fly to make something work for a physical disability. Or we have to think on our toes sometimes and, you know, say... A person comes out who has vision impairment or something, and we have an activity that most people are used to using their vision for. We have to think on our toes. How do we adapt this? And we will always work with a participant. We're never going to make anybody do something they don't want to, but we're always, something that somebody does want to do, we're always going to make it accessible to them somehow. (laughs) Sounds like you have an amazing staff out there working at Muskegon Luge. We have some pretty incredible people, and I tell you, everybody from our executive director, Jim Rudisil, the highest level, right down to our brand new seasonal employees, they all get this message of, hey, we never say no, we always figure it out. And that has like been our mantra, really, for the entire existence of our organization. It's why we've been around for almost 40 years now and have gone from a small luge track and uh, some ski trails to the big park that we are now becoming, you know? Absolutely. So what does it cost to come out to Muskegon Luge? Uh, well, there, it depends, you know, what do you, what's your adventure? That's what we always say. What do you want to do? You know, there's folks that, like I said, some people use our facility in the wintertime, like it's their personal gym and that's how they get their exercise. And for those folks, we have a season pass. That's pretty incredible. It's the best value you're going to get for winter entertainment anywhere around here. And it costs you $205, and that's not per person. That's for up to six people in a family to come every single day. And there's just no other offering around here where $200 and you get entertainment all winter long. So that's super good value for folks in the wintertime. For folks who want to make a day trip of it, we've got day passes for 10 bucks, And then for people who whatever, you're on a budget or you don't care to be super active with our activities, come out for free. We've got an amazing, we call it our fire garden. So it's 12 bonfire pits all in the woods. You can hang out. You can bring some food out there, some drinks out there, enjoy a fire. Doesn't cost you a thing. Just be in this atmosphere. It's cozy. You're around good people. It's good community. And then in the summertime, same thing, like our, our trails are completely free to use. If you want to hike or run or whatever, get your exercise, please go out there and use them in the summertime. And then our activities, our zip line, those things, we've got some varying packages and ticket prices, uh, but it's all great value. Amazing opportunities out there at all cost levels. And uh, I teased earlier about coming out and talking with you and my organization, my institution decided to do a corporate sponsorship. You were really creative with us. We have some passes that our, our students and colleagues can just take out there and, and do whatever they want to do this winter. I truly believe that, you know, mental health is, is a crisis and, and some help is getting outside and wellness and then that sense of community. So if we can have four or five students that go out there, or four or five colleagues that go out there, get some exercise, get to know each other better so that 
if they're having concerns or having a tough day, they have somebody that they can come and chat with. It helps build that community on our campus, but we're going to do it out at the Muskegon Luge. That's one of our tools to get to our students. So tell our listeners about the different opportunities that you have and, and how creative you are. Yeah, uh, we've got some great opportunities. Look, we're a community organization, and we would not have made it 39 years were it not for a big lift from just individuals in our community, donors, but also the businesses in our community and the families who are buying our passes and everything. We don't receive any funding from the DNR. We have this great partnership with them where we have a no-fee lease agreement but we don't receive state funding. All of our funding comes through our program revenue, our uh, donors, sponsorships, and grants that we receive. So over the last few years, we've developed this program for sponsorship, and it's really designed to get our community better linked to our people who are using our facility. Believe it or not, we actually had over 30,000 people visit in uh, our last season here, uh, this 30,000 unique visits. And over the, that was one winter season, two months. So over the course of the entire year, we had nearly 60,000 people. And our thought is we need to link up these businesses in our community with these people because they have a message and we have some people that need to hear it. So we're always looking for supporters. And you and your team at Baker is the perfect example. I mean, we get to partner, but it's not a one-way partnership where we're taking your advertising dollars and saying, hey, you know, thanks for that. It's a partnership where we get to promote Baker to our audience because we want families to, you know, know about this great education option in our, in our city here. But then also you get to use it as a tool. And we're, the goal here is to develop a relationship where people can go back and forth between these organizations rather than just a one-way advertising opportunity. That's why it was so imperative for me to partner. I, it really, the reciprocation of the value of the partnership is critical, and it allows our students and our, my colleagues to get that experience. It's, it's truly a treasure, and it's a really unique aspect in how to partner. Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited for it. Uh, you are helping, you and Baker, you're helping us advance our mission to keep people healthy in this community. And that is so much more important than just advertising somewhere. <laughs> Absolutely. Bill, thank you for being here today. Thank you for listening. For more information about the Muskegon Luge Adventure Sports Park, please visit msports.org.